BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to episode number 222 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the game industry with me. I have Adam Candy. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at Adam Candy 2 E's no why if you want to follow me because you hate yourself at Matt Brown M2. Apple, Spotify, Google, all the places that you get your podcast, absolutely free. So please go in, subscribe, rate, review. Everything is absolutely free. So we do appreciate your support. There, we will hit what's going on over in California, as well as North Carolina. We will talk some Iowa stuff as well. But let's kick things off here, Adam, with kind of the news du jour so far of the last few days, which is a promo over at ESPN Bet that raised a lot of eyebrows. I'm not going to talk a lot about this. I'm going to kick it back to you because I know you've been in the middle of this, too. But the, the long and short of what we're talking about here is ESPN bet having some boosted odds and more importantly than the boosted odds, some alt lines available and maybe more important than all of it, no real cap apparently on how much you could bet on the Ravens and Texans game. That's where this became a real issue. And there were a lot of questions about why is ESPN offering these options and pen entertainment behind the ESPN bet logo. Why have they moved and offered a Ravens 10 and a half number that is super juicy at the price? Why is it boosted as much as it is? Why has it moved the way it has? I'm going to stop there and let you get into this a little bit more because there are a lot of questions out there about what the strategy was here. And I'm still not a hundred percent convinced there was a strategy, but I'm going to leave that to you first. Yeah. I don't want to speculate either on it all. I mean, I mean, I've, I'm sure I, you've read all of the rumors and stuff that I have and all of the people guessing that, okay, was this a promotional stunt? Was this whatever? Was this them kind of trying to get off of a position? Was this, you know, there's all kinds of different stuff, none of it being confirmed. So I don't know. Uh, I don't really get it, but at the very least, like odds boost, as we know, we talked about them a ton here on the podcast, so nothing nothing new, right? There's odds boosts all the time. But typically, these odds boosts, even the most juicy of odds boosts, like maybe they'll let you get down a couple hundred bucks, right? I mean, most of them are capped at 100 or 50 bucks. And if they're like super, super odds boost, they might let you get down $25. And it's more of just a fun type deal because they're giving you a, a massive, massive edge on what the actual bet should be. So like, they're like, okay, whatever, we'll let you put 25 bucks down. If we're to believe what the reporting is, and again, you and I don't live in an ESPN bet state, so we were not able to check this out ourselves and all this. Like, 
that seven figures were able to have been bet on these bets. And again, these are this is all reporting. I do not have anyone that firsthand was able to take advantage of this. I, I don't know. But the reporting seems as if there were seven figures that were able to be put on these bets. And what was happening is, is the odds boosts were so high that you were able to create an arbitrage situation. And if you've not quite sure what that is, it's basically you can bet both sides of a bet and guarantee a profit. There's no way to lose money on a bet because of the way that the odds are set up. And so that was the case in this. And so there were a lot of people who were going out and they were betting this and then heading to other sports books and heading to betting exchanges and heading to all of that and making sure that they got down a bunch of money on the other side of the bet and basically locking in lots of profit. And given the number that ESPN apparently was allowing you to bet, you know, Adam, I know Arbors, you've heard of Arbors before, you know, look, they're grinders and like you got to grind and and listen, it can be profitable, right? But typically you're grinding out a hundred bucks, 150 bucks, you know, 500 bucks, like 400, 300, like here and there. These people were able to make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars with these arbitrage opportunities, given the amount of bet, given the amount of money that you were able to bet on all these. So this was kind of a once in a lifetime type situation for these guys that knew what they were doing and going in and taking advantage of, of all of this. And so it was, it was odd. And as you mentioned, we don't really know the reason behind it. There's been no, there's been, been nothing said yet officially. No spokesperson has come out and said, this is why we did this or anything, but I'm kind of with you. I don't know if there was a strategy. I, I, it seems to me maybe like a decision was made without really fully thinking it, through and then you get what kind of what we have here which is a bunch of people that were able to make a whole bunch of money for free yeah and most people have heard called an arb it's been referred to as a scalp it's referred to as synthetic hold like there there are ways to create these two-sided markets in which you have no way to lose and matt you just hit the the nail on the head it's the size of the arb that was available here that is just remarkable if you had the bankroll to be able to accomplish it. And that in particular feeds into one of the most important points when we start doing the detective work as to why this existed. Because those who say it was a promotional play, here's the problem with that. If it's a promotional play, you're not trying to bring in the type of better who is going to be able to scalp you for three, four, five thousand dollars at a time. That's why I that's why I can't get there. Right. It's kind of like the person who the person who even knows how valuable that bet was is already betting. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It doesn't to me seem like that, that resonates to the to the casual better. No. And so I don't think you're doing some sort of galaxy brain thing looking for the coverage that comes out of this two days later, you want people on your app at the time of the bet. That's why the bet in theory is there. So, and I want to give credit by the way, fully. Um, I think uh, Adam Levitan from Establish the run who, you know, uh, had laid out a pretty good set of circumstances here on all of the different possibilities. I just think the one possibility that was left out is that someone didn't fully think through not capping the boost. Um, and I don't think it's impossible. I'm not saying anybody was stupid or dumb or, or didn't do their job, but it seems pretty egregious that we're talking about a boost on either a money line or a boost on a point spread, because that's typically 
not where we've seen a lot of these, right? Like modern odds boosts that we see tend to be this three leg parlay is boosted from plus 500 to plus 600, right? That's more of what tends to be out there, not these interesting synthetic hold kind of markets. And what I'm talking about, like Ravens 10 and a half plus 140. Mm-hmm. That's that's not so far off market that you need to offer plus 140 to come get it. And I think Jeff Benson from Circa laid out that case essentially and said, look, it's not crazy, but the price is right. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't need to necessarily do that. And I think when we talk about the regulated market in particular, Matt, there is real question about whether this is signal or noise, because what has been the biggest criticism of the regulated market from the sports betting Twitterati? No one will take a bet. We can't get any money down. Well, you sure could this weekend. So that is the and and listen, just present all sides here. That is another side of this that I've heard, which is if it was some sort of promotional thing. And like you like, like we just said, it certainly wasn't geared towards the casual better that it was some sort of basically promotional deal that was actually geared towards the high volume betters and the bigger betters because they had been run out of what was formerly sport, you know, barstool. We heard about all the limits and we heard about all of the stuff that was going on over there. And then maybe this was like, Hey, look, now that we're not, you know, this anymore, we're, we're taking bigger breath. I don't necessarily get there either with all, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't really get there either. I heard that as being kind of floated around. I'm kind of like, you know, that's something that can be done with like a simple email. I don't think you really have to do that. You know, it's like if you're catering yeah, to like, like big, big, big betters, you're like, Hey, by the that's way, that's a VIP taking, host thing. Yeah. It's like, Hey, yeah. we're taking six figure bets again. Right. Like, you know, whatever. Like, it, it's like, you know, sorry that, you know, sorry that things went South the first time we'd like to welcome you back. Hey, we're taking, you know, six figure bets again. So like, yeah, that's a more personal type thing than like this. So I, I get it. Like everyone's trying to figure things out. And so I'm not faulting anybody for floating, theories or or whatever because hell it's that's what we do and until we actually figure out what the the true logic and reasoning behind it is like there's going to be more of them but yeah that was one that went around where i was kind of like yeah I, I mean i see where you're going with all that but that also doesn't really add up at the end of the day no i, I mean I, I feel like we're at the point where we're talking about drew Brees getting hit by lightning here in terms mm-hmm. of how deep down the hole we are trying to figure out like what actually is going on like we don't know to your point matt I think a VIP host is probably a better way to communicate. Mm-hmm. We're taking limits like than than we used to be mm-hmm. uh, different than we used to be. And I think also you could probably get that done. If you want that kind of publicity, you could probably get one of your casino whales and let them get that kind of money down mm-hmm. and get that kind of publicity. If that's what you want and not get this type of action from very sharp betters, because mm-hmm. the flip side to what you just said is if you throw the doors open, and say we're going to take these kind of bets and next week you don't and next week the limits come back down you have lost all the value of this in the first place right like if you then come back and someone gets cut to being able to bet 500 aside then what was the point yeah it's it's super interesting i mean i'm assuming at some point We'll figure it out. I figure somebody will say something about whatever. Like, and but until that happens, it's 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 interesting. Certainly, some stuff that a lot of people, you know, in the bubble. And then this is this is one of those kind of in the bubble things, which is also why I don't look at it as more of a promotional type deal because no one, no casual better even knew about it, right? I mean, it's more of everybody who would notice. Oh, what an advantage that is! And those aren't the guys that you're getting. Kind of sign up your 
uh, on your side over there. So I can't wait to get the the actual real story when it's all said and done. All right, guys. So, you know, it's going to be a, a topic here on this pod until something ever does get done. But what is going to happen over in California? We know that this is a, a ongoing kind of saga over there, which we think will eventually end with somebody caving to every single demand that the tribes put out there. But uh, until that day comes, Adam, we're going to have to continue to report on things like uh, what's over at LSR right now. Remember the old Saturday Night Live skit, Bad Idea Jeans? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel like the idea of doing a ballot initiative in 2024 after the ballot initiatives in 2022 got less than 18 percent was cooked up on the basketball court wearing bad idea jeans with Kevin Neal and David Spade. Like this did not ever seem like an idea that had serious legs. And the news out of this week is that Casey Thompson, Reeve Collins, the ones who were behind what was to be a multi-million dollar signature gathering effort to get sports betting on the ballot in California this year have dropped it. And their quote to our Mike Mazio from Casey Thompson was to say, we said all along that if the tribes weren't going to be behind this, that we weren't going to go forward with it. Well, we saw the main tribal gaming group vote uh, next to unanimously against it. They were only able to get were the proponents a handful of small tribes on their side and none of the major gaming tribes. And I feel like the last big blow is something we talked about on this podcast, which is when FanDuel DraftKings at all came out and said, yeah, we're not behind this either. We like we don't want this. We're lined up with the tribes. And at that point, it seemed like the game was pretty much over. So the quotes to me about, you know, we feel like we advanced some good ideas and, you know, we were never going to do this without the tribes. Well, they just don't square up with why didn't you talk to them about this in the first place? And so in the end, it kind of feels like a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. What it means is that 2026 again becomes the first time that you might see something, anything happen. And if you believe what you're hearing out of tribal interest, it's going to start with some sort of in-person sports betting. And that might not be 26. That might be 28. But what the tribes have made clear in both defeating the ballot measure in 22, in keeping this one from ever getting going in 24, frankly, going back to 2020 and defeating it at the legislature is that it's going to get done their way one way or the other if it ever truly gets done. It is, uh, you know, listen, of utmost importance for the industry, though, that eventually something would get done. Uh, you know, Adam, we talk about it's a low margin business is sports betting. However, in enough volume, there's money to be made. And we know there's a lot of people in California. There's a lot of people in Texas. The reason why we continue to talk about these states, it seems like, you know, ad nauseum here on this podcast is because it is, it's the, at this point, it's just volume that's needed, right? It is, you need the liquidity. You need more people in the market for this continue to, to uptick and for these companies to realize any sort of potential, you know, ceiling down the line. And so this is like why we continue to beat everyone over the head with every single California news, every single bit of Texas news. Will it ever open up in Florida? All these different things like that, because, you know, again, these are three of the most populous states in this country. And it actually does matter to the bottom line quite a quite a bit. And I think that's why it's also vital that we keep a very close eye on the pending attorney general opinion on daily fantasy sports and pick'em games that is pending in California 
right now, because that is the other major angle that comes out of this whole discussion is that as long as the controversial Pick'em games are allowed in California and Texas in particular, Florida, they have received cease and desist orders, but have not uh, gone along with those yet. But we're now seeing that those markets are going to become even more vital when it comes to that Pick'em question, as long as it's going to take minimum 26, if not 28 in California, and at the very earliest 25 in Texas. If you head on over to LegalSportsReport.com, hopefully you read this a little bit already, and then Adam can just give you his thoughts on this. But if you have not uh, dug into what went on in Iowa, I highly recommend going in and reading the words on this one. But Adam, let's go ahead and give them the story of what went on there in Iowa. I'm going to not get too deep into the weeds on this because I guarantee I will screw up a detail because Mm -hmm. it is so in-depth, but it is also so insane This entire story about what happened with the investigation into some Iowa State student athletes. And let me be very clear what allegedly happened, according to not only the attorney for a couple of these student athletes, but and this is the wild part, according to one of the agents from the state regulator that is charged with investigating these issues, who testified that one of his fellow agents and in particular was doing some things wrong. And then also a number of others kind of tricked him into doing something that he did not believe was right. The long and short is that there's an allegation of illegal warrantless search being done on these student athletes that essentially a state agent from the gambling regulator was setting up these geo perimeters in areas where the student athletes were to try to catch them without a warrant. Um, I'm not going to get deeper into it than that. Mm -hmm. The long and short of this is that we have had questions about this Iowa situation from the jump where we have said, why in particular are we getting all of these stories about Iowa and Iowa State student athletes who have been busted for illegal gambling, who've pleaded down to lesser charges, et cetera, et cetera. Why is it Iowa in particular where we're getting all of this? Well, if most of this is true, that's why we're getting more out of Iowa than in other places, because the depth to which this search was happening, potentially illegally so, is patently nuts. The idea that there would be a rogue state level agent who decided that he was going to become the ultimate spy in exposing what was going on with sports betting with certain Iowa and Iowa State student athletes just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, you, you got to go in and read the article, guys. I mean, to the point where one of the people working on the case asked to be moved off of the case because he felt uncomfortable with the way that things were going. So it is a really, really wild story in that. And again, the uh, the full details, everything over at LegalSportsReport.com. Let's leave here on a happy note, Adam. Uh, listen, we've been talking about North Carolina for quite a hot minute here on the old podcast. So let's give some people over there in the Tar Heel State, something to be happy about. We've been telling you and telling you and telling you and telling you (laughs) that online sports betting was coming to the state of North Carolina. We had the vague assurance that even though they were not able to get it launched by NFL season, that it would be before March Madness that legal online sports betting apps would be available in California. We got the date today. We're recording this on Wednesday. The date will be March 11th. Pre-registration can begin as soon as March 1st. 
And we now have all of the seven applicants for legal sports betting who wanted to be on the starting line for day one. They all have partnerships now. So those partnerships were necessitated by a change in the law that came about in September. The weird change that we say nobody has been able to claim ownership of (laughs) from changing a settled law to require these partnerships with professional sports organizations. Regardless, those are now done. And so those applicants are now going through the background check process. It is mostly de rigueur when it comes to these sorts of things. It should be taken care of. Those should be ready to go on March 11th. If you're not going to get in by the beginning of NFL season, if you're then not going to be able to get in before the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, the next biggest acquisition opportunity on the calendar is March Madness. You and I know from Las Vegas, it is the single most bet event in all of the entire world sports Mm -hmm. calendar in non-World Cup years. Like, you will hear all about how over the first weekend, all the way to the Final Four, draws well more than the Super Bowl. Yes, absolutely. Uh, In the article over, does reveal it is Bet365, BetMGM, DraftKings, ESPN Bet, Fanatics, FanDuel, and Adam Underdog, who has secured, and we knew this, all along, right? Like this was the di- this was always the difference between underdog and prize picks. The difference between underdog and prize picks is underdog never made their intentions ambiguous at all. Like it was like, no, we want to be a sports book. We want to be a sports book operator. You and I have traded texts over the last year or so because you know headhunters will like send me, hey, here's a job opportunity, whatever, all the time, and it's like. I've gotten several for underdog, you know, because you and so we knew for a long time, you know, on the back end that they were building out a sports book and that that was the ultimate goal for the uh, the brand. And so we see here, at least in North Carolina, bet bet three sixty five. They continue their expansion and push here in the states. MGM, as you would imagine, DraftKings, FanDuel, as you would imagine, ESPN, Bet Fanatics, but underdog securing that partnership in North Carolina. And important to note that Caesars already had its partnership established through the Harris Casinos. There's been in-person tribal sports betting at a couple of remote locations uh, for a couple of years now. About Underdog, what's interesting is that remember that North Carolina initially about a month ago uh, said that it was going to ban the controversial pick'em games from Prize Picks and Underdog. These are of course separate from the sports betting license. And got some pushback from those companies and ultimately decided, you know what? We've got enough to figure out before we get this thing launched. We're just going to remove the prohibition for now and we will come back to this later. And so what's really interesting to me about Underdog being at the starting line when it comes to sports betting is we're now going to get a real look at what the Underdog sports betting product looks like. And I think the question that everybody who has been involved with this industry through the course of 2023 is going to say is how different does it look? Than the pick'em game, right? When mm-hmm. when they're offering props, how are they distinguishing what is what? There are a lot of very smart people involved with this company. I'm sure that there's going to be clear lines that can be drawn when it comes to the two products. I just feel like when we talk about this state in particular, you've got multiple things to watch for when it comes to that particular company that I think will give you clues about what is to come in 2024 for prize picks underdog and similar DFS companies trying to make it in the pick'em space. And something that only matters to 
me. Actually not. I mean, it is it is news, and we talk about the news here in uh, in the sports betting world. Adam, I'm going to hold up to the camera, and those are you here who are not watching I know at what's home. Coming. Haven't even seen uh, it yet. I know it's coming. There it is. Right there. That is as of today. Uh, Nevada does have the rest of country MGM app now. Um, so we saw this happen with Caesars already. So Caesars got rid of their trash app and went with their rest of country app for for Nevada. And then now we've seen BetMGM get rid of their trash app and have now gone to their rest of country app with Nevada as well. And one of the things that you and I have talked about is one, it offers more stuff. So like they're going to get more action on it as it is anyway, because they just have a much bigger menu, but also now, and this is just, you know, from a business aspect, Adam, this is like, Hey, someone from Arizona can come to Nevada now and they don't have to download a separate app and fund a different app and all of the things that are going on there. It is one app with one wallet, wherever you go in the, in the United States. And from a business standpoint, that makes a lot of sense as opposed to people having to get a different app when they visit Nevada. Matt, I wonder why on January 24th, with the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas on February 11th, <laughs> that might be the case. Yeah. Why is that, do you think, that it dropped right now? Is MGM, like everyone else with a legacy casino in Las Vegas, expecting a lot of people from other states with sports betting apps to be showing up to their town sometime soon? I think they are. And so, um, you know, we saw what happened with Caesar slash William Hill last year with the crash uh, at Super Bowl time. And that obviously could not happen again. So that got migrated over in Nevada and everywhere else. And we've been hearing rumors that this BetMGM move was going to happen for months and months now. And, you know, deadlines spur action. And with mm-hmm. the Super Bowl coming up, you're going to have people showing up with their Caesars app and with their MGM app from the rest of the country. And keep in mind, this is a particularly big opportunity for Caesars and MGM with whoever's going to be in town for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas because you can't get anything down on DraftKings or FanDuel on the apps when it comes to being in Nevada. There is the in-person FanDuel uh, sportsbook downtown, not the same uh, as what we're used to seeing with FanDuel rest of country. So for those two companies in particular who are going to have such a huge presence on the strip and around the actual Super Bowl game at Allegiant Stadium, this is a major opportunity when it comes to showing themselves off to those who will not be able to bet on DraftKings or FanDuel. Absolutely. And it's it's not only the people, like you said, that that typically just use DraftKings and FanDuel that will be able to use Caesars and MGM, but also the people who already use Caesars and MGM will not have to download a separate app, fund a separate account, and they will have the familiarity of using the app that they use whenever they're at home. Uh, it's a it's a good move all around. And so that now puts Nevada up to three actual kind of rest of country functional functionality apps, uh, weirdly enough, stations. Uh, new app stations casinos has moved into the next gen stuff. So same deal, uh, you know, on uh, uh, same game parlays, the instant updated live betting, all that, everything's like that. And it's crazy. I know the you rest of country people out there listening to this are going, what are you talking about? Like, that's like every single app. No, it is not. <laughs> Trust me. It has not been. And so uh, finally the, the stone age is starting to, to go away here in Nevada, Adam. And I know something you lived through for several, several years, something, that I kind of beat my head against the wall uh, about, but you know, we do, there is Caesars now, now there's MGM stations has moved over to that. We'll see if uh, anybody else steps up to the plate. 
Yeah, and I, I do want to give at least a small bouquet of flowers to Boyd for having a large yeah. prop menu long before anybody True. else did in Las Vegas. The app still, you know, for a lot of the time that I was using, it looked like Atari, but it yeah. is at yeah. least available. <laughs> True. Very true. So uh, interesting, uh, interesting stuff, though, here that uh, MGM did move that over to Nevada as well. Guys, like I said, can't recommend enough heading over to LSR and just reading that article in Iowa. It really is wild. And uh, it's it's something that you really need to read for yourself to go. Wow. You kidding me? That's uh, that's interesting. The words are going to be more powerful than what we're going to be able to do on this podcast. That's for sure. If you haven't already, we do appreciate any subscriptions, any, any reviews, any ratings, all of that. We do love the five-star stuff because it is absolutely free. Everything we do here on this pod. So for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 